you can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle, we don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning, download the app, give it a try. Cue the accordion. I've always wanted to say that. Kick back and get comfy while hosts Heather Winnig and her co-hosts from the Early Childhood Nerd Collective explore ways to cause and effect. Dig that funky accordion. Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. This one is called Cause and Effect, and what it's going to be is a bunch of early childhood nerds sitting around talking about stuff we read and how we can take that and make it real in our work with young children. So I'm Heather Winnig, and from the Nerd Collective in this episode, we've got Tiffany. Hey. Tiffany, tell them whatever you want them to know about you. Uh, my name is Tiffany. I'm from Portland, Oregon, and I'm a teacher in a preschool room uh, with three, four, and five-year-olds with stage. Nice. Um, so we're going to start with a quote, actually, from Louisa May Alcott. Um, is, so is Little Women like your jam? Uh, I don't know if it's my jam. Or you've read it, I've, at least. I've read it. I had a really serious Little Women phase when I was, <laughs> like, eight. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear the full spiel? Sure. Because I... I'm going to tell you mine. You might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Should we read the quote first? What's our, do we want to oh, yeah, start with the quote? Oh, yes, the quote is this. Sure, okay. yeah. Um, Mr. Davis knew any quantity of Greek, Latin, algebra, and ologies of all sorts, so he was called a fine teacher. And manners, morals, feelings, and examples were not considered of any particular imp- particular importance. So, Mr. Davis. Mr. Davis. <laughs> uh, so you were eight years old. Yes, my relationship with Little Women is that I was obsessed with the movie when I was eight, and I wanted to be oh, Joe so badly. And when we were learning about like uh, expository writing in second grade, which is like clearly a thing second graders need to know. I decided to like really get into character. So <laughs> I decided that I was Joe and I like set up my whole room, little women style. And I wrote this whole thing about how like, oh, I have all these sisters and I live in this cabin and it's wintertime. And then it was like the first terrible grade I'd ever received. <laughs> the next day our teacher taught us what plagiarism was <laughs> and then no, i was like I oh oh i am i plagiarized jane Eyre. oh but i was a sophomore and they didn't catch it <laughs> so i hope mr garrison's not listening to this podcast well my second grade teacher was on it she was like uh-uh <laughs> i see right through this <laughs> yeah yeah, we had to write a, like a, a suspense piece or something, so I totally ripped off Jane Eyre <laughs> for some suspense, and he was like, fine, write <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was inspired by the greats. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, God. Okay, so um, I actually have a pretty deep affinity for Little Women. Like, I remember reading it um, probably around when I was 10. Um my mom had a giant waterbed with satiny sheets, and that's where I remember reading Little Women. Um, and it re- probably really for the next 20 years, I read it once a year. Awesome. <laughs> and, and now, even now, every Thanksgiving time, I kind of pull it out and read a little bit of it. 
because it just it really stuck with me. So, and that's what I was doing when I found this quote was I was doing another reread of Little Women. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Yeah. It uh on a whole on another episode when we have a lot of time I can talk about how Little Women really messed with my feminism. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a whole different topic. So <laughs> make a note of that. I'm, we have I'm a lot of... very curious because <laughs> rewatch I rewatched the movie to prep yeah. to just like jog oh, on my yeah. memory. And I was yeah. thinking in my head, this was clearly done by a man. <laughs> like, yeah, you somebody who made the movie missed all of the layers right. of what it means to be a lady or <laughs> a little woman. As a little means. woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. OK, so let's talk about um, what what we think this has to do with working with young children. How can we make this real for people? Oh, I. I'm, I mean, I can start. I yeah, you start. Obviously, you I, start. I, I'm the one who wrote the quote down. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, this just really reminded me of one of my pet peeves, and that's people who choose teaching at whatever level for a reason other than really understanding how to help children learn. Yes. So I saw it a lot. I I see it a lot in um, even in high school where there's someone who wanted to be a coach, but the only way to be a coach was to also teach something. So they pick a subject or someone's help, really, really good to. at, yeah, <laughs> someone's really good at writing. So they think they'll teach English, but they don't really have any, any drive to understand how children learn. Yeah. Uh, or even in early childhood, it, it, it's not as straight a translation, but for me, it's, um, the teachers who get into it or who think they want to be a teacher because they're crafty or they really like bulletin boards. Mm -hmm. They like office supplies. <laughs> so think, yeah. I mean, I can I can relate to all of those things, but that's not a good enough reason to get into teaching. So that was part of what got me with this quote. Yeah. And the idea that a teacher would only focus on a subject and not the humans they're teaching. Right. Yeah. Right. I I think that's a big issue right now in early childhood. We talk a lot about social emotional development and you know there's all kinds of research out there that says that's really what we should be looking at if we're going to talk about school readiness or you know whatever um yeah. whatever goal you want to set but but we don't i mean you can see that most obviously i think in the way we all still really search for quick fixes for behavior problems yeah instead of realizing there's some social and emotional skill teaching that should be happening there. Yeah, and maybe that should be the subject focus. Yeah. As opposed to color names. <laughs> <laughs> right, behavior charts. Yeah. Filling yeah. your bucket. That's one I, I don't know much about, but I've been hearing a lot about. There's some book about is your bucket full? Oh, yeah. And people use that. Do you know yeah. what it is? I, I know the book. I'm yeah. not totally against the book. No, and I It's like I a great metaphor for... Yeah. But when you, you know, turn it into a, feel good. if you turn it into a gimmick to manipulate behavior, then that's where I would start to step in and say, wait, that's not maybe what the best use of this story is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, that was really um, those were the two things that really caught me with that quote. Yeah. Uh, my the thing that caught me the most about it was that. Uh, it spoke to a time when teachers had to know everything. Like, the right? One room, yeah, one the, room. the one room model slash before the internet. 
Yeah. <laughs> when you had to know so much more just to even get to what is the actual source of information. Right. You had to have read enough books to know what book to reference. Sure. You had to be such a wealth of knowledge that it kind of forced uh, people like Mr. Davis into the profession. Mm -hmm. So, oh, what did that just, so do you think that, let me ask this a different way. Mm -hmm. How do you think that that connects specifically to early childhood teaching? Or do you think it does that idea that there's so much you have to know and you have to be, do you think there's a similarity between an early childhood classroom and that one room school room kind of? Yeah. Well, Cause I, I think I, you need to know more about child development to be in a early yeah. childhood room yeah. than anything else. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of what this quote speaks to as well, that he knew all the things, but he didn't know the actual thing that he was teaching. Right. Yeah. I just took an educational psychology class last Ooh, semester. Yeah. Some folks listening may have heard me complain about it at the time. <laughs> um, nice coffee dribble, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany just poured coffee down her face. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I remember reading lots of good stuff about really needing to understand how children learn to be able to be a good teacher, to not just be able to understand the content that you want to put in their heads. You really have to understand the learning process and the process of individualizing. And I just I just kept thinking, why don't we see more of this? This makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, but what I think what I see most often is people, and this goes to the next question I had about this quote, um, do you think there's a difference between managing a classroom and teaching children? So that's something I've been thinking about a lot as I observe in classrooms is, is this teacher's focus really looking at the individuals in the, in the room or the home or whatever your setting is um, and figuring out what they need from us and, and providing that? Or are we looking at um, managing and making sure everything looks like it's supposed to look and you know what I mean? Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. I love that distinction between teaching and managing. Yeah. I haven't quite got it all. That's why I wanted to ask someone else about it. Cause I'm still kind of rattling it around <laughs> in my brain, but I think it's a distinction that we need to spend some time with. Um, yeah. and I think it's a distinction Mr. Davis wasn't making. No, definitely not. Since he slapped Amy with a stick mm -mm. or a strap or something. We're having delicious pickled lime. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, We're gosh. Simply bringing pickled limes to school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my I don't goodness. have an analogy for that one. <laughs> I don't know what our, our early childhood equivalent of pickled limes is. Oh, would it be uh, like anything from home? Oh, yes. <laughs> Put it in your cubby or you're going to have to share it with all your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is exactly like that. You know, they've got something that's very important to them means a lot they're excited they want it to be part of their day mm -hmm. and we greet it immediately with disapproval and uh, shame almost. <laughs> yeah stuff from home yeah <laughs> oh goodness um i really like thinking about this subtlety between managing a classroom and teaching a classroom uh can we give some examples sure like what is managing versus teaching yes Managing is everybody is occupied at every given second of any given day. Right. right. And yeah, and I feel like in a classroom that's being managed, 
the teachers feel like they always need to be doing teachery things, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you've talked about and written about teachering, and I think you maybe even talked on, on one of your podcasts, other podcasts about that. Um, instead of sitting back, observing, waiting to see what the children need from you to go on to the next level of their play or the next piece of their exploration, that's yeah. much more important than um, whether you've got everything cut out for the afternoon or... <laughs> You know, is it time to get the cots laid down for nap time? Because heaven forbid they not be already ready when when the kids walk out to take their nap after the bath waiting. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's that's one thing that comes to mind for me is that teacher busyness mm-hmm. is more about managing the classroom than teaching and really being there with the children. Yeah. And I think managing also means you think about the classroom as a whole more uh-huh. than you think about the students in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's this big this big piece we have to keep intact or everything's going to fall apart. Yeah. Uh, when in fact probably things are falling apart because you're not there being present and mindful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're getting into the cycle again with the behavior stuff that drives you crazy when really yeah. that's on you for hanging around on the sidelines instead of being present. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would oh. Mr. Davis look like if he was a modern preschool teacher? <laughs> well, he'd probably be a poopy face. <laughs> he'd yes. be Mr. Laminated Lady Ooh. slash poopy face. We'll slash bring Lisa Murphy into this one. Yeah, yeah, well, he probably wouldn't be in it because he's a man. So oh. would he be in early childhood? No. What maybe would he be not. now? He'd, he'd be a, an administrator, maybe. Mm. Or no, he'd be a policymaker. Ooh. He'd be he'd be up setting up the Common Core. Ooh. <laughs> Mr. Davis, we think so highly of you. <laughs> Poor Mr. Davis. Maybe he was just having a bad day that day. Oh, I wish that that was the easy answer. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. We have this scathing criticism of him from Louisa May Alcott. Yeah. She probably would have told us if he was just having a bad day. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We can trust her for that. So you asked when we were uh, emailing about what what we wanted to touch on with this quote, you asked, has the Internet changed the entire game? Yeah. So what's that about? Um, I'm just thinking with how easy it is to know anything you need to know. Has the idea of a teacher in the past totally been flipped on its head such that now we are able to focus on quote-unquote teaching children as opposed to managing a classroom while you cram Mm. information in? Mm. Or is it a shift in philosophy? Or is it everything? Yeah. Just like thinking about a high school geometry class. Uh The teacher can now say like, oh, I don't know, let's look it up. Uh-huh. Or, you know, any, I do it all the time. Like, what does a bison look like? <laughs> oh, I could describe it, but it's not going to, let's just look it up. Sure. Well, and I think, so then if we take that to early childhood, um, that example specifically, how many would stop and say, I don't know, let's go look it up. Or how many would just give a quick answer because they've got to get back to managing the classroom, <laughs> you know, yeah. or I don't know, or, um, you, you know, that's because I hear that a lot too, that kids asking questions and, um, 
the adult being so stuck on their own agenda and what they want to get through mm-hmm. or not being comfortable enough saying, I don't know, let's find out yeah. uh, or not understanding, you know, just thinking it's funny. Oh my God, he said bison. He's two years old. He knows what a bison is. <laughs> Um, and getting sidetracked by that. So maybe that combines the the managing a classroom and the internet changing the game. Yeah. Question. Hmm. Yeah, I really wonder what teaching will look like when everybody has who goes into the teaching profession is a digital native. Uh-huh. Do you know that term? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that old, Tiffany. For well, it, <laughs> Just for listeners, a digital native is somebody who grew up with technology and is fluent in it, like you're fluent in a language. Right. And I feel like a lot of adults are digital natives nowadays, but there's this population of still can't figure out how to make the printer work. Right. (laughs) Like teachers that wish they could use their ditto sheets still. Yeah. 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 What is it going to be like when every every teacher in the game has had Google uh-huh. their entire life. Yeah. And like the four-year-olds that I have now are like, well, just Google it. <laughs> Come on, Tiffany. Yeah. What are they going to be like as teachers? They're not going to say like, well, yeah. I know the answer, so we don't even need to look it up. They're just uh-huh. going to be like, well, like you have a phone, look it up. Uh-huh. Why am I even involved in this third party? They process? won't have a phone. We don't let kids have their own property. <laughs> no, when they're, <laughs> when they're <laughs> grown up. Oh, okay. When they're grown up thought you meant talking to kids. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, but I think it it depends on, again, the motivation and where the teacher's coming from, where that adult caregiver's coming from um, in terms of how they'll use that. So right now, I think um, the internet can be very frustrating because it's easier to find the cute stuff that's meaningless for children. So... So I think they get ex- some. There's there's some who get very excited and are comfortable with the internet um, supplementing their teaching, but it's um, finding the quick theme related craft on Pinterest and not. Well, I don't know what a bison looks like. Let's let's check that out together. Yeah. So I think it it will depend on. Like I think the opportunities will be different when everyone teaching is digital native. But I think how it comes through will still depend very much on why that adult is in that situation with young children. Mm, yeah. Or is it is it because they know the ologies of all sorts and they needed an outlet to show <laughs> off that ology knowledge? Yeah. Through Davis? Or is it, um, I really want to, you know, I understand how children learn and this this internet thing is a tool that I can use. Yeah, um, to further with your that point. understanding. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So it has changed the entire game. <laughs> we, we we just don't know exactly how. I guess <laughs> is where we'll leave that. <laughs> It'll take a, a few generations to get that one. Right. Yeah. Um. You know what, what we haven't talked about yet? What? How often I say um? We haven't talked about. Oh, we haven't talked about that. But we also haven't <laughs> talked about which. Yeah little woman you are oh which character we are yeah well you said you did you talked about joe right well i really wanted to be joe but i think i was more of a beth you're a beth well growing up sure yeah i think i was thinking about this um yesterday i think that i am more like if 
one random character had dissociative identity disorder <laughs> that represented all of them. That's like the point of it, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Altogether, we are these little women. Yeah. Um, well, you know, of course, growing up, and this sort of gets into what I said before about how it messed with my ideas of feminism, but um, I really, Meg really appealed to me. Oh. That um, gentle soul. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, raised her babies and kept the house. Um, but as I got older, um, I, th I think I am Joe. I mean, I know that's what everybody wants to say. Right. But if we're going to say I think I am Joe, because uh, when you read Little Men, she gets into all kinds of progressive teaching. Oh, yeah. She opens the school for boys, you know, and she has a very non-traditional approach to how to handle these children. I and love it. It's all the boys who don't have anybody else. And that 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 appeals to me more than anything. <laughs> so yes. I, I think I'm probably Joe. Yeah, I feel like I, I aspire to Joe. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's where yeah. I'm aiming toward. Well, read really, Little Man, though, and maybe you'll see that you are, Joe. <laughs> maybe. Um, upon revisiting, yeah, as a not eight-year-old, yeah, uh, I want to be Marmy. She is pretty cool. Whoa! Yeah, she raises some strong, confident women. Yeah, works she her butt off. Toot toots on social norms. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yeah. Sure. That's where I, the trajectory. We're going to go through the Joe phase, ideally <laughs> end up on a Marmy phase. Yeah, perfect. I think that's a very natural trajectory. <laughs> I think that's how it's intended <laughs> yes. to be read, <laughs> for sure. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay, so I think, any last thoughts on this quote that you want to throw out there? Last thoughts. Mr. Davis is still alive and well. Yes, yeah, and, and we need to be aware of that. Yeah, and he's still... Can't, you can't get them out of there because of how yeah. unions work. Yeah. So, <laughs> early childhood doesn't have unions. Thank goodness. <laughs> Not that um, I'm against unions, but no. man, You're Mr. Davis is dangerous hanging around for a long time. So, but that's another question. Maybe we're not done. So what do we do if we're working with a Mr. Davis? Do we just ignore what, it? What does, have we talked about what Mr. Davis really looks like in preschool? No. Well, we started to. We started we? to. So he manages. Right. Is he well, the kind of guy that's in it for control? Is he uh, in it because, like, he's smarter than these preschoolers? Yeah. So his actual intelligence level is, like, first, second grade? Right. Yeah. I think it's safe to say yes. In in real-life context, it's probably someone who, to bring Lisa Murphy into it again, likes bossing little kids around, likes yeah. having power over people. Yeah, over needs to smaller. feel smart. Yeah. Yeah. So I hang around with four-year-olds because they make me feel smart. <laughs> <laughs> Which shows that he doesn't get four-year-olds. No, not Because they're not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> they're totally on to him. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> so what do you do if you have to work with Mr. Oh, Davis? Yeah, that's tough because – so I automatically go to um, the Code of Ethical Conduct, the NACI Code of Ethical Conduct. <laughs> Which says, above all, do no harm. You know, mm. above all, they'll not engage in any practices that can be harmful to poor children. So it would really depend on what I was seeing with, with Mr. Davis. Is he yeah. just not doing the good things that could be done, but everything's still pretty cool? Or is yeah. there some real, you know, maybe social emotional harm going on because he doesn't focus on any of that side of the teaching? So I, I would need to step in in some way, probably, if I felt like children were... Yeah, at real risk, but yeah, 
the part of me that's just annoyed because he's not doing it the way I think he should be doing it. (laughs) I would probably just do some reflecting myself about what that really means. I I feel like I would assign him to some really tasks that I didn't want to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, hey, I need you to, like, make our bulletin board the best. Yeah. And, like, really show that our bulletin board is, like, Show how smart we are on this bulletin board. Get all your ologies up on this bulletin board. Focus them over there so I can do everything else. You would look for his strengths and assign according to his strengths. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of the the difference between the role that you and I play in a classroom. Uh I don't think I would have any power to, like, really uh, change Mr. Davis. Right. I could definitely tell him how I feel, but if I'm working close with Mr. Davis, whew. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then what if you do try to change him and things get really tense, but you still have to work together? That's not a good situation for the children to be yeah. in. Yeah. So that's above all, do no harm. Right. Yes. So it's a deeper. It's a deeper question than it seemed like it was going to be when I asked it, mm-hmm. <laughs> as so often happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so, maybe maybe you could tag team with Mr. Davis. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Davis, you're going to be in charge of making sure that we have all of these nonfiction books on hand and all this stuff for uh-huh. whatever our kids are interested in. And I'll handle all the social emotional stuff. Yeah. You handle all the other stuff. True. Which in a class in an early childhood classroom is like 95 percent social emotional in my mind. <laughs> you're going to be loading yourself up to do it all with that arrangement. But you're going to be doing it all it's, anyway. It's true, yeah. At least yeah. then it's a clear, yes. a clear and at definition. Least that way you have taken charge and you're not just sitting back feeling victimized by this other teacher that you've got to spend every day with. Yeah. That makes your days a drag. Yeah. Um, now it's more your choice. and I think yeah. that changes things. Definitely. All right. Um, Anything else? No, this was lovely. All right. I think women. we did it. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks to Louisa May Alcott for that awesome uh, character of Mr. Davis. Thanks, Tiffany, for talking to me about it. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. See you again on Cause and Effect. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio.